0: Well, welcome, come on in. We should have uh, said that you have to leave the back row for, for that guy right there. But you thought about doing it. I'm, I'm watching you even when I'm not seeing you. Just want you to know. Um, I'm Andy Reese, and no, 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 we are not gonna spend the whole time reviewing like we did the last two weeks, so we are going to move forward. Um, no matter what. Um, In this class, our goal is to say what, what has God said about and demonstrated about Holy Spirit in Scripture? How has that been interpreted through some years? But most importantly, how do we practically and in real life interact with God who has been left with us, Holy Spirit, kind of the, the, the who part of the, the Trinity. Um, I was talking to a pastor this past week of a large church here in town, and, and he goes, it's kind of like we go Father, Son, and uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of that feeling. It's like, I know, I know there's another one, but I, I can't quite figure out who that is. And so, um, our, what, what um, So I'm very, um, uh, boy, your brain, come on, reboot. Okay, okay. So I'm very cognizant that when we talk about this subject, there are lots of opinions and lots of history and lots of sort of ideas from other places and other times. And I have probably been part of every one of those things that you're thinking about now. Because I, I I come from not a church of Christ background and I moved a lot so, so I'm like you know evangelmatic cathedrion baptist of Christ God apostolic incarnate you know so I, so I, I've been in a, in an African American Southern church I've been in a Catholic church Presbyterian so so I have certainly experienced what people understand in a lot of different things my own experience is that I got saved out of Billy Graham crusade in 1973. The buses did wait, he wasn't lying. And, um, and I got saved, and two weeks later, I, we were just gonna change our whole city, and we bought a bunch of hot dogs and went to this camp, and we we're gonna save everybody at this camp. I got like way back from the kingdom so I get a run and get way into the kingdom. So I thought we're just gonna be Billy Graham and save everybody. Not a single person <laughs> showed up. We ate a lot of hot dogs for a lot of days. And um, so I went and sat in the woods just by myself and I'm like, Lord, yeah, I know I've, I've been a Christian like three days, <laughs> but you know, uh, we're trying to do something here. And literally these two guys came walking up a trail, sat down next to me, one on either side of this log and said, you look sad. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. You know, I, that was my gig, I'm fine. And we began talking. They said, we saw what you did and I know it's disappointing, and they said did you ask holy spirit about that and i was like like in acts 19 i haven't heard that there actually is this holy spirit and they said would you like to ask holy spirit to help you and fill you and i said yeah if that's part of the deal yeah and so i prayed and they prayed with me and oh my gosh things began to change right away I began to speak in tongues. I apologize, no I don't apologize (laughs) at all for that, but I began to speak in tongues. And interesting things happened in my life and my life began to change in interesting ways. And to this day, I have no idea who those guys were. I don't think they were angels. I never asked their name. I never asked where they were from. Kind of weird, kind of a weird story. They were young men, but they didn't have any glowy (laughs) thing. There wasn't any sort of weird glow about them. And so, and so that was right in the middle of what was called the Jesus movement or the charismatic movement back then. And so, so in that time I've gone to Presbyterian, so I've gone to lots of different kinds of churches. So my, my heart's desire is that each of us come to a comfortable place that is scriptural about interacting with this real-time person of the Trinity. That, that's, that's my heart's goal for all of us and that none of us are squeezed into any sort of a mold or a doctrine, even maybe the one we've already been in, but that we look with, with really open hearts and open eyes and say, okay, Lord, you're, you're alive, you're in real time, and you've said it's better that Jesus goes to heaven because if he didn't go, the Holy Spirit wouldn't come. What does that mean to me? So that that's really my goal in this, my somewhat dangerous goal. So that is as, as review as we get. So. Um, Mike and Jeannie started, started this out um, and uh, went through this, um, this sort of framework that we're using to review things. So that is, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. I'm three parts, but I'm all one, but I'm also in three parts, so, so I can really be a, a brain person or I can whatever, okay? And so, when we talked about sarkikos, psychikos, pneumaticos, people, Paul uses those words. He talks about the different motivations. The, the the my worldview could could be coming from these three different ways, and what does that mean to us? And we talked about Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was typically a temporary for a specific thing, um, and I forgot the other the third part. But there are kind of three parts of how that. But that in the Old Testament there were promises 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 I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and there will come a day when that will happen and we're gonna see that happen here in just a little bit so here we are in the time of Jesus which is before that happens and so Jesus is talking about what Holy Spirit will mean to us at a certain period in time and so he's giving us hints all the way through this and so we have started on that and so last time we talked John 3 and John 7, so he said, look, um, you have to be born of the Spirit. Um, you cannot enter my kingdom, either my kingdom on earth or my kingdom late. You, you can't be a part of my kingdom if you don't have a passport, citizenship, right? That, that's kind of, you go, oh, I need to be a citizen of the kingdom to be part of the kingdom. To be a citizen of the kingdom, I must be born of the Spirit. So what does that mean? So, so we're holding these verses because we're going to see them played out in the book of Acts and in the epistles. So we're holding these and then we're going to see their fulfillment. Okay? So so we're we're sort of filing these away. So okay, so what does that mean? And then he says, look, you're sort of like the wind if you're born of the Spirit. And that is, you're a little unpredictable, but but we can feel you can feel it, but you can't always predict it. Like even the weatherman, you know, it's kind of like the Nor'easter hit up in New England and we've got family up there and they're like People were were sliding across the ice trying to not get thrown into a tree from this wind that blew, twenty-foot waves hitting Boston. I mean, cr- crazy stuff going on. Now that, that may be but like a mighty wind, okay, that a mighty wind started that. Okay, and then John 7 says, he says, Jesus is talking, he says, look, the one who believes in me from his belly, from his spirit, from the innermost part of him, will flow rivers of living water. So he said, look, says, and then John interprets it. He says, by that he spoke of the spirit, now catch this, whom those who believed in him were to receive. So if you believe in him, from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That is, the spirit will flow out of you, not pumped out of you. You don't need a pump will flow naturally out of you and it says, by this he spoke of the Spirit, who those who believed in him were to receive, hadn't received it yet, the Spirit was not yet given why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. So so click, we file that away and we say, okay, the Spirit won't be given till Jesus is glorified. Check. I don't know why, but that, but I' check, I'm filing that away. okay we're going to come back to that. Um, and then in uh, Luke, he's talking and he says, look, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So you say, okay, so the, the Father is giving the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. So that means that maybe there's something on my part that's part of this. Maybe, there's, maybe God doesn't force things on me. Maybe I need to ask. Check. And then John the Baptist says... I baptize you in water but he will baptize so that's just the word BAPTO which we transliterated because we didn't want to get into the immersion sprinkling fight right so we transliterated that into baptism but it just means to immerse he will immerse you he will dunk you with the Holy Spirit and with fire okay so so we're filing all of these away so we've got out of my inner being will flow rivers of living water That will happen when Jesus is glorified. Maybe I should just ask for it. And he's going to immerse me in it. That's what Jesus will do. He's going to immerse me in the Holy Spirit. Okay. So now you're going, huh. Okay. (laughs) It's like, huh. Okay. So any. Okay. So that's all review. I said we weren't going to review, but that is review. Okay. So let's go here and let's pick up the other things that Jesus said about Holy Spirit. We're going to go fairly quickly through them. And we're just going to make like mental notes to check back, check back with me later in Acts, right? Let's just make mental notes. So um, so now Jesus is saying, look, I'll ask the Father. And he, so he's going to ask the Father. The Father will send the Holy Spirit. And so now you put together, oh, when Jesus ascends, then he's with the Father and he's gonna ask the Father, and the Father will send the helper. Oh, I get this, the Holy Spirit wasn't sent because Jesus wasn't glorified. Huh, so when Jesus is glorified, first thing he walks in, he goes, Pops, right? Remember, Holy Spirit says, call him Pops, right? He goes, Pops, how about that Holy Spirit thing? Father goes, thought you'd never ask. Holy Spirit gets sent, okay? So we're thinking, ah, okay. Um, Now look at what he says, he says, the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him but you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you huh okay so now we got another huh right there's all these all these huh all these hums about it here let me just uh, pop up all these okay so um, so he bites with you and will be in you. So you think about the apostles and, and they were sent out, the 70 were sent out, the 12 were sent out, the demons were subject to them. They even worked miracles. They came back and they were screaming crazy about, man, the demons are subject to us and your name is crazy. And he said, that's great. But more great is that your name is written in the book of life. And we tend to think of that in being saved. But in the context of the thing, he's saying, Because your name is written in the book of life, the Holy Spirit will be poured into you, and this thing that's on you will be in you. Okay? Wasn't in him. So you say, why wasn't Holy Spirit in them, just helping them? Okay, there's something we we don't quite get here. Why wasn't he in them? Why weren't they filled with the Spirit? Why? Something, Okay so we think back to you must be born of the spirit body soul spirit so we're starting to just things are coming out of the maybe they're coming out maybe you're just going what is he talking about but in any case so we'll just keep going it says when the helper and that helper is paraclete para kaleo para alongside kaleo to call when people ran marathon races they had a designated paraclete who in the last they didn't have kilometers, but whatever they had, the last 100,000 cubits, um, the, the person designated was allowed to run next to them and call encouragement to get them across the finish line. So here we are in the last thousand meters of world and the parakalete, the parakaleo, the one called alongside to help you and the father will send him in my name. Okay, so here we get the father, Sending in the name of Jesus to the earth. Okay, so we get the Trinity there. Okay, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance everything that I've said. So what is one thing the Holy Spirit does? Teaches us. Reminds us what Jesus has said. Okay, so most of us in this room would go, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, yeah, the Holy Spirit teaches us. So tomorrow, how will that happen in, in our life? Okay, so I'm going to go, very subtly, right? So, so, when if it's not subtle, when if it's all of a sudden, you wake up and you go, "Oh my gosh, that's how I should handle this thing at work." Cool, right? So, so when we think about these things, don't put them in your framework. Just hold them right here and let them just be what they are, and see if they take on a different meaning in a different life. And I'm not saying your framework's not right. I'm saying it's probably not complete. Nobody's is. Okay? Bring to your remembrance. So he'll remind you of stuff. Oh, I hadn't thought about that in forever, right? In our prayer ministry you have, it's almost a joke when we say, they ask Jesus, Jesus, where is this problem coming from? Oh, I haven't had that memory in forever. Right? It's like, of course, because Holy Spirit brings up the thing that we need. Bring to your remembrance. When the helper comes, I will send him to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He'll testify about me. Okay, so you see the Trinity. So, any other thoughts about this, these verses? Anything pop into your head about them? Yeah, Kerry? Uh,
1: the sentence, uh, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Uh, there's a tendency to think about that as. Uh, He's been living with the disciples and teaching them things, and he wants to make sure they remember those things so we would have them today. Isn't that a part
0: of that? Well, it is a part of that, and in probably two more slides forward, I do ask that specific question. Because there. No, 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 that's that's totally right. Because there is a whole body of the church, we'll call them cessationists, who say all of these verses were targeted only at the apostles so that they could do those things. But we've got the word of God, and we don't need no stinking Holy Spirit, right? We have the word of God. And they did those things. The Holy Spirit did those things with the apostles. And when the apostles died out, all that went away. Okay, so so hold that. Hold that thought, because that's that's what... Uh, that's. I mean, that's a... While you might say, that's who I am, if you're honest, you might say, that's how I live, right? That, that's a, I mean, that is the most prevalent lifestyle in the church today, is to say, I have the word of God, I exegete from the word of God, or someone does it for me, and I try to order my life according to the word of God. I'm not saying that's wrong, I'm just saying it's common. And I'm wondering if it's complete, okay? We're just going to ask, is that complete question? You better stop smiling in the back. <laughs> I know your opinion on this. Any other thoughts about this? Good thought. Carrie, that's a great question. Because that, the reality is we all, not we all, but many of us were raised with that thought. That that's just the way we were raised. And it's, it's a safe thought. Okay, here's another one. Um, John 16 it is your advantage i go um if i don't go the spirit wouldn't come i'll send him to you he'll convict the world and then it talks about convicting the world what he's going to convict the world um so uh so jesus had to go for the holy spirit to come i'm not sure why but i'm sure one of you probably has got a theory on that, but he said, look, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit's not coming. Now, I have heard somebody say, well, it says in him all the fullness of the Holy Spirit dwelt. So he had to go so the fullness could dwell in the body of Christ, corporate, rather than the body of Christ, singular. Right? That sounds really cool. You know, The words are really cool. I don't know if that's true or not, it, you know there's lots of theories but but the truth is Jesus said look I've got to go and if I don't go the Holy Spirit's not coming and it's to your advantage it is better if Jesus in the f- physically here you know we would go where's Jesus today well he's in he's in Southeast Africa he's doing a tour there's his Jesus concert tour and, and and we're gonna stream him live you know, and, and so that would be really good and there'd be a lot of miracles but all of us would be onlookers and Jesus said it's way to your advantage not to be an onlooker but to be a participant to be a son you are a son Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren that is not just sort of a, a, a metaphor he said look You are all going to be carriers. You are all going to be infected with Holy Spirit. Every one of you. Little God. God is going to live in you. Not little God, but God, fully God, is going to live in you. And you will be an alien in this earth. Yes? Don't you think that uh, part of the
1: reason was going to the father for a specific reason that is to intercede for us and mm-hmm. so that was that's his function and he wanted that was in heaven that he was going to do that and he yeah. said the holy spirit to be with us
0: yeah that could very that could very well be um and i like that the part i don't like about that is sometimes we think of the father this way Jesus is standing in front of the Father saying, Don't kill them, I died for them, right? And you're thinking, God the Father's a scary dude. And yet Jesus goes, Look, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you go, okay. So Jesus' love of children, his 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 very strong dislike of Pharisees and Phariseeism and, and commercializing the gospel, his going after the least and the most broken his absolute love, 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 love. And he says, look, I'm the best picture of the father ever taken. Your father only wants to give you the kingdom, which is like, dad only wants to give you a billion dollars. Okay, that's all he wants to give you. And so it's really, but I love that because there is a real reason. And it does say Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. So in my view, we have to redefine the word intercession. What does that mean, right? It's not him pleading so that the father will get off the throne and do something. There's some other reason. Right? And I I have some theories, but my my theories are no better than anybody else's in this room. Okay. Um, Let's go on. So here's John 16. I have many more things to say to you. You can't bear them now. But when he, the spirit, i got this bad reflection. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own initiative. Whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you what's going to come. Okay, so now we're stretching things a little bit. So what, what does that mean? Right? Um, so... So that means that Holy Spirit is going to bring things to people that Jesus never said. Not that he didn't want to say them, but it would be overload, right? It's like, we can't bear it now, but you'll be able to bear it later. And so you see that um, he will guide you into all truth. So that means when Paul is trying to sort out in 1 Corinthians 7 what to do with widows and single women and that whole thing, if you read that, there's this really funny wordplay about the Holy Spirit in that chapter. And you realize that Paul is being guided into all truth on that subject, and at the very end of it he says, I think I have the Holy Spirit in this, and you go, huh, interesting. Of course, that all stopped in the first century. Or did it? What is God's truth concerning LGBT? What is God's truth? You know, all these things. Now, I, I'm not, don't even imagine I'm going anywhere with that. What I'm just saying is that, is that new levels, new devils, new day, new issues, and the Holy Spirit still has truth for everything. And he has truth for us, corporately but he also has truth individually you're going into your company and you've got a meeting that day and God has a desire and a will for that meeting and he will guide you into all truth unless it all died out in the first century right but if it didn't then maybe this is for us too whatever he hears he will speak okay so So, what do we... Oh, good. Yeah, I still got time. Um, So, whatever he hears, he will speak. Now, think about this. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I only... what? I only speak what I hear the Father speaking. I only do what I see the Father doing. And those verbs are real-time verbs. It's not what I've heard. Some of it is past tense, but some of it is, is... present errors tense or whatever and he's and so Jesus said I always please the father and so you see Jesus spending long times in prayer but you also seeing Jesus kinda scribbling in the dirt while they're accusing the woman and you don't know why he was scribbling there's all these theories I think he's saying father what should I say okay that's what I think so he and the father had this relationship well now what happens is that the line is extended Now, Holy Spirit only speaks what Jesus is telling him, and Jesus is speaking what the Father is saying, and now the line has been extended from the Father to Jesus, and then Jesus would speak, now it's Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, three billion people, all speaking what Jesus is saying in that specific instance to that specific need in that specific environment. So that's one way of thinking about it. So whatever he hears, he'll speak. He may speak truth from the Lord that has not been written down anywhere because Jesus never said those things. He said, I have many more things, many more things to share with you. But you can't bear them now. But I will share them later because... I will speak into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I'm still speaking. Okay, that's the way I interpret it. Jesus is saying, I will keep speaking. And the Holy Spirit will keep speaking. And there'll be billions of you, however many, who can hear. So, we say to ourselves, what does that look like in real life? If I, it says, Jesus said, as I was sent into the world, I send you. He said, you'll give an account of every stray word that you speak. That stray word means empty, without purpose, without energy, without meaning. He said, in the judgment, I'm going to ask you why you said that. I I mean, some of us are going... (laughs) I just got pinned against the wall. Can I just pull those back? Um, right? But I don't know that it's, it's going to be as much judgment as just education. Okay? Right? We, there's the minor and giving account of the minas and stuff like that. Um, is that a new thought? It's kind of a, in him we live and move and have our being. Romans 8, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Huh. Right? So everything starts with a hmm, right? Because you go, okay, what are some other ways of looking at this? I am just threw out some things, some thoughts I had. What are some other thoughts or questions or things that are troublesome?
1: You know, you could say... um
2: whatever he hears he will
0: speak yeah. sounds like he's not a filter only. sounds like he's what he's not a filter right so we get from God what God speaks to the spirit what the spirit hears right and he's inside of us so, so when Jesus spoke to a crowd he said one thing and everybody in the crowd had to interpret what he said and half the people never got it. But now I have Jesus, through Holy Spirit, speaking just to me. In a way that I can know it, understand it. It may stretch me. He's not human and his first language is in English, if you're okay with that. Right? In other words, he, he, he's not... My experience with Holy Spirit is that he's not so concerned with information as he is with truth. You ask information questions, you never get an answer. You ask truth questions, and you always get an answer. Jesus, what are the things I need to do about this? Don't hear anything. Jesus, is there anything you wanna show me about this? Oh. See, all of a sudden, it's open-ended. It's, I'm just here to listen. And then you, then you start to connect, you start to go. You know, that's like, walking into your boss or your dad and say, hey, I need to know 15 things about this. And your dad goes, how are you doing? You know, he's just going, no, 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 I mean, I, how are you do? You know, I've been concerned about you. You know, it's just like, oh, okay. So, so how do I lay down my agenda and be led by the Spirit in the way the Spirit leads? We want certainty in our talk and walk. God is a nicotine God who doesn't care about certainty. He cares about trust. That's challenging to us. You know, it's like, a, it's like a little child wants it the way they want it, when they want it, what they want. And the parent goes, oh, you'll get it later, honey. I, I've got something better for you later. No! Right? And so we're that, we're, we're that person because God wants to transform us to be Godlike, because he's gonna live with us forever and he didn't wanna live with a bunch of brats. I don't wanna live next door to a brat. We, in some time a billion years from now, you might be in charge of a whole universe and you gotta learn it here and learn it now. How he speaks, his ways. He wants us to know his ways. He's gonna disclose to us what is to come. Here are two examples of that So, for example, um, Paul says, but the spirit explicitly says, which means sometimes he doesn't explicitly say, but the spirit explicitly says in the last days, there'll be doctrines of demons. There'll be this, there'll be that. Peter talks about the last days. Um, Ephesians talks about. so, So we see the end times being disclosed in the epistles. And Jesus never said any, any of those things that we know of. And they don't, they're not attributed to Jesus. In fact, they're attributed to the Holy Spirit sometimes in the epistles. So you know that this is happening with the writers of the epistles, and they're not all apostles, right? I mean, you got Matthew. Who's he? you got Luke. Who's he? Okay, and they're sharing some of this stuff. So Jude, you go, okay, so, hmm. Everybody okay still? Wow, time's going slow today, this is great. Any other thoughts, disclose? What about this? You're in a meeting and you are wanting to do the right thing in your company and with your people. You want the Lord's will and you say, God, is there anything you wanna show me about this meeting? We want to always put this in hyper-spiritual end times. What if it's just disclosed to you about your own life, about a conversation you're about to have? So I'm sitting in a meeting up in, uh, so I'm a consultant by trade, I do water stuff, I help cities transition, organize. So I'm sitting up in Cleveland, Ohio, Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, six counties, 61 cities, all of that Lake Erie frontage they're in charge of. <coughs> and I'm talking to them about some stuff that we might be able to help them do to clean up the lakefront and whatever. And, and all I did was ask questions. I didn't say anything, I just asked questions. And they're like answering questions. And finally, <coughs> the, the director at the end who's an old Irwin, Old he'd been there 35 years, like the god of that, that organization, and he just sat there chewing on a not-lit cigar the whole time, and I finally goes, Reese, you've been here two hours, and all you've done is ask us questions, why should I pay you for that? <laughs> and um, very good question. And right then, and right there, Holy Spirit spoke to me, bam, and I said, Um, Erwin, your dream, I'm going to cry, I'll stop, just, your dream is as a boy, you swam in Lake Erie. And your fear is that under your watch, Lake Erie won't be clean enough to be swam in. And his cigar goes, chonk on the table. And he goes, meeting adjourned, let's get lunch. We go get lunch, we're sitting at a table, and this is quote-unquote, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> okay, I, I didn't say, well, Holy Spirit you know, spoke to me in this sudden word, is called a word of knowledge, and blah, 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 I, you know, <laughs> forget that. I said, Erwin, your heart is just, is so tender toward the lake, and you know, you're gruff, but your heart just, and he goes, send me a proposal, how are you gonna help us? So, I write him a proposal for $250,000 of consulting It was only going to cost 100, but I heard he is hard to work for. (laughs) (coughs) And uh, he looks at it. He crosses off 250. He writes, 400,000. We want you around. Hands it to the secretary and said, execute that. We're the first consultant in 35 years who didn't live in Cleveland to do work. And we set up a whole new organization. Took us three years, $2.5 million. And now you can go up there and the, the creeks are being cleaned up, the river the lakefront's being cleaned up. And he's retired. So in an instant, in one instant of time, right then, right there, Holy Spirit di- disclosed to me his heart, what was to come in a way, and, and I didn't have to sound spiritual when I said it. I could sound loving and understanding. And it, it radically changed what's going on. And yes, Kerry. What, what was what was going on as those words were coming out of your mouth? I mean, were I was peeing in my pants. No, <laughs> um, you, you know what was going on in my head.
1: I got mean, I mean, the, the You reflect back on it, the Spirit gave you those
0: words. So 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 for me, when it was happening, right when it happened. So right when it happened, it was like I knew that I knew, but I didn't know how I knew. And it just seemed obvious, right? To me, it was like, oh, doesn't everybody know this? this? It just seemed suddenly obvious to me who he was, what his heart was, what his fears particularly were, and why he was being gruff. It, it was like I got to look under the hood, and it just seemed obvious to me in that instant. Right, I did. I took the risk. I probably said it slightly more indirect than what I shared with it here, because I want to look better in all of your eyes, but no, not really. I was nervous. Yeah, what room are you going to go? No, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> but, but the reality is, I wasn't sure, but I felt like I was sure. And I probably said it in a way where he could say, No, that's not true. But he didn't say, No, that's not true. And I, and I guess what I'm just saying is, so I could give you another 40 stories, uh, all of us in Freedom Prayer could give you a, a bunch of stories about just just how, how do we connect with God in a way that's not weird, not hyper-spiritual, feels natural in a supernatural but not spectacular and not unnatural way. Because Holy Spirit is so gentle, so knows us, so wants to connect with us, so wants to be real-time, so wants to do these things. Guide me into truth about my kids. Lord, I'm struggling with my son. I don't know what to do. Is there anything you want to show me about him? And just listen. See what pops up. See what, see what comes to you. Right? So you go, huh. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I would imagine it's taken years of practice to get to that point. Um, it's taken years of getting self out of the way, not years of practice. Unless you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom. I think. I think if we think of it in terms of practice, we're we're not quite right. You're going to say <laughs> something, Scott. Same thing. Like in
2: that meeting, if you have that analytical side of your brain on, saying, "Hey, the probability that." The, the, this is going to work or am I saying something the wrong way what if I'm wrong Uh, you are getting familiar it's almost like learning another language to be familiar and say that that didn't come from me I'm not trying to manipulate this situation it's here whether it's in a meeting or whether it's at the grocery store like you have talked about before and I think that's what's exciting for those of us who have already been upstairs when we think about having table fellowship and how what God's heart is for the world for those who are broken
0: if you sit back analytically and say, hey, is it going to be good for my career to host this party like Tony Campola did, yeah. um, you're going to come to a different decision than what he did. And I think in our own lives, it's the same. Right. Right. Remember the framework that I gave at the beginning. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Souls can come up with good logical things, but they can never come up with revelation. Never. Not Once. They can deduce from revelation, but the soul is to be the steward serving the spirit. The body is to be the slave of the soul by the spirit. Paul said, I buffet my body and make it my slave. We generally in the church look at the the sarkikos, the fleshy man, and go, Oh, it's hor- you know, those people, you know, they need to get saved, you know, and, and they, uh, they're out drinking and carousing, blah, 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 blah. And yet I sit here as a psychic person, analytically analyzing everything and trying to come up with truth through the, my own study and listening and all these things. And in some ways, the spirit can only inadvertently leak into that process. Unless we overtly step back and say, my brain, I'm not throwing my brain out. But my brain has to be the steward of revelation from the Holy Spirit, it has to be. But that is, that is not how I was raised and it makes me a little uncomfortable because what I've seen in the world is craziness when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And I, that's not who I am and that's not who I ever want to be. And I think Holy Spirit would go, me either. Yeah. No, no. Go ahead, and then Jeannie.
1: Um, for me, uh, I find that the more intentional I am about inviting the Holy Spirit, say, I love to say, Lord, empty me of myself and fill me with the yeah. Spirit. And if something, if I'm having something that day that I, I'm really concerned about, as you say, what yeah. If I say, Holy Spirit, give me words to say. Yeah. If I'm very intentional about it, then when something comes up that I don't anticipate, yeah, I, it, it seems to come, and I think it's because of you know that I, my brain or whatever, my spirit uh, is more in tune with the Holy Spirit.
0: Yep. You will. Absolutely, you're a real straight man for what we're going to talk about next. But Jeannie had a thought. I
1: just had a quick question. So your story about the the the, the guy, meeting, yeah, um, in that case, then was the spirit working to benefit you or him or both? I mean, was it a
0: the spirit is always a three hundred and sixty degree grace giver. Okay. Everybody on every side of the equation and all onlookers get blessed. I find, and so in that case. Um, Jesus said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I find that when I have sought the Lord, and Lord, what are your purposes for this city, for this client, for this thing? Profitability just comes as a as a, be- I don't even have to think about it in a way. It just, it seems to happen. Um, but certainly it's taken me a while not to be fearful about that, not to kind of be tentative and i think tentative is okay i think i think you're going okay holy spirit i'm kind of going to ride this bike and i may fall off of it a couple times but i'm committed to riding this bike and will you teach me i I want to learn i want to come into the school of christ in this thing and you never stop learning You, you never stop learning you know, it's it's like I'm probably in second grade. You know, in some ways, I mean, you, you never stop learning. Yeah, Mike.
2: Um, I think the thing that's scary was scary for me initially with this is that I thought, what, what if it, what if I, it takes me in the wrong direction, right, and that sort of thing. And and with, <coughs> I, and with my limited experience, what I've come to discern is that. Uh, the Holy Spirit never asked me to do anything contrary to God's will. Right. And God's word, for sure. if I sense that something might not be that way, mm-hmm. then I know that Satan is playing his role as well. But you said something at the training session at Ethos the other night about the prophet.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: can, I think that kind of helps with this, too. Is that?
0: Can I save that for when we talk about prof- prophecy and the prophetic? in a way. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, basically, what what I said is um, when you're immature and you hear the Holy Spirit, you just want to rush into things and blurt things out. But as you gain altitude with Holy Spirit, you hear something and you say, Lord, what is your will? And is there anything I should do besides praying to bring that about? Maybe I never say anything. Right? Maybe Maybe in that meeting, if I sensed, I wasn't to say anything, I would just go, I know this about him, I'll just hold that and see what the purpose is for that, right?
2: See To me, that's the thing that yeah. makes it feel more, you're not just impulsively doing it.
0: Yeah, that. and thank you, I, I saw what you did there, and that's really good. It's not, it's not you get a word, you blurt a word, you get a word, you blurt a word, no. It, when a friend shares something with you, you don't just go tell everybody, But if the friend says, would you pass that on? You go, sure, right? Holy Spirit's the best friend ever. Okay, we got like one minute to do this last thing. No, we got negative two minutes to do this last (laughs) thing. Um, So here, Jesus is saying, um, he's saying, um, here we go. He's saying, look, um, when when you go before leaders of Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District or kings and princes or whatever. He says, don't do your homework. That is, don't get into the psychicos mode of analysis and rehearsal. Be prepared, the preparation of the gospel, know the word inside and out. But when you go, Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you're gonna say. And what Holy Spirit gives you will be far more powerful than what you can come up with, rehearse, and regurgitate. I'm not saying you shouldn't be filled with the word. I'm not saying there aren't certain instances where you're preparing for a meeting and you've got your six points. I'm not saying any of that. This is when you're gonna be on the spot with somebody, your reliance ultimately must be the Holy Spirit, not your brain. That's what it's saying. At the end of the day, all of your preparation is here and Holy Spirit is here. It has to be that way. That's how you're to walk. And if your reliance ever comes to what you understand in the word of God only, you have just put a glass ceiling on yourself and you'll never get beyond that no matter how much you study. You'll never get beyond your brain. You'll be good, but you'll never be glorious, okay? There's a difference, huge difference. Uh, It's not the spirit of your father. See so there's a thing. It's not you who speak. It's the Holy Spirit who speaks in you. So he's doing all that and that's not channeling. You're you're not just suddenly taken over and you're speaking. Think what? and Then you wake up. What did I say? No, it's not that at all. It's a partnership. It's say it in your words. Say it in a way that you're comfortable. Say it at a time that you're comfortable. Say it with fear and trembling. Say it not perfectly. You think God isn't watching over his word to perform it? He is. He, he only has knuckleheads. <laughs> that's, that's the only kind he can, he can pick. That's all we are. And he says, knuckleheads are good enough. Knuckleheads are fine. Okay, so let's leave with that. So if you go with anything, just go, knuckleheads are fine. I'm qualified. Okay, bless you. Thank you.